Well, it is a great honor for Miss Maynard and I to be here tonight, and we appreciate the opportunity that God has given us to be here, and uh, the Lord is certainly good. I tell you, when I walked in the door tonight and saw Corey and Trevor, it hit me again. I'm becoming an old man, I'll tell you right now, because we taught these guys at Calvary uh, Christian School, and, and also you know, from time to time at the Bible College, and then... If I'm understanding right, Miss Maynard, when you were in the late stay many years ago, you kept Trevor, is that right? So, honey, you're getting old. Yes, anyway. But uh, just, it's, it, what's really humbling about all this is, is seeing young men like this grow up, young ladies like this grow up and do something for God in their life. Because there's over, those of us here, I'm 61 years old now. I won't tell you my wife's age, but she's the same age I am. But... Uh, you know, as you, you, you're progressing on in the journey and you think about, you know, one of these days, you know, we might not be able to do as much as we used to. And then to see a generation coming along that's just going to pick up the torch and just keep on going on for the glory of God. My grandfather was in his early 80s when he taught me how to play the trumpet. So I must never get to the point that it's too late or it's even too early to do something for God. And so again, you guys mean a lot to us tonight. We have really looked forward to this happening, Miss Maynard, just, just being here with you tonight. And thank you for being with us in the service tonight. And again, this is our uh, 17th year traveling this country in a ministry of missions evangelism. And how it all got started, we went out to Wyoming for our oldest son's wedding. He married a, a a young lady from, from Wyoming, and of course they originated from King, the Mullins family, Craftsman for Christ. And uh, so we were out there for the wedding, and Dr. Alan Barker, who was uh, a director with Macedonia then, said there's a church in Lander, Wyoming, that doesn't have a preacher. So would you maybe go up there and help them while you're going out there for the wedding? And so we stayed there for two weeks in Lander, Wyoming, to try to help that church out. And after the two weeks was over, Burita, I know you'll never forget, we're sitting in the car, we're praying, getting ready to hit the road to come back. And my wife, weeping tears, looks at me and said, do you think the Lord might let us do this some more? And little did we know by the end of the year at a New Year's Eve service that we would surrender our lives to this ministry that God has allowed us to do these years. God has been so good and so faithful. Let's open our Bibles tonight to Hebrews chapter 4, if you will, please. The book of Hebrews in chapter number 4. I'll be, I'll be brief tonight and, and just want to touch some things tonight that I, I really feel like will be helpful to us. I, I just love doing word studies and verse-by-verse -verse studies of the Word of God so that way we can, can see a whole lot of what's going on in the Word of God. And I know these guys are doing a great job here, and God is certainly good. Hebrews chapter 4 tonight, beginning in verse number 14, please. Well, oh, forgive me. Let's go back, if you will, please, to verse 12. He says here, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of Mara, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What we have in our hand tonight is a two-edged sword. It is the word of the living God. 
I, I will never forget this, and Miss Maynard probably knows what I'm going to tell. We were down in Florida, and we were out just helping the, the missionary, the pastor. We just knocking on doors, inviting people. And we went to one door, Brother Trevor, and, and the lady invited us in. And I all of a sudden looked and saw that there was a Bible under every window. A Bible under every window. In fact, the man, I believe it was at another place, and Clayton was with me. That's right. That's more correct. Thank you for not correcting me. I corrected myself. Amen. But anyway, Clayton said, Daddy, there is a Bible under every window. And so I, I asked the lady, I said, well, ma'am, we're kind of curious about these Bibles. And here's what she said. She was a black lady. She said, mean boys been, been breaking into my house and been stealing my money. And my preacher said that God's word's got power. It's got power to provide and it's got power to protect. So she went and got a Bible and put it under every window. And also at the doorway, and she said, them mean boys ain't been back since. <laughs> so we have a Bible tonight. It's got power in every way. How many times when I pastored and still have a pastor's heart, have been called to go to a home where there's been a sudden death or there's been a tragedy in the family? I still remember this. Oh, boy. And it was on this very day in 1975 that my daddy took his last breath and had a heart attack. I was 17 years old living in the house where we live now right across from West High School, guys. And I'll never forget, we had just got back from the hospital right after they had pronounced my daddy dead. And my mama went and got out her Bible and she started reading let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And that's been so many years ago on this day. But I still remember the comfort that God's word gave me that night. And God's word can still do the same today. I mean, it's quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Here in chapter number four, in verse number 12, as we look at some words here, it's, it's alive. It brings to life. It's what we need for our lifetime as it is quick. It's powerful. It's active, it's effective, it's operative. It means it's always in motion. The Word of God can be active in our lives every single day if we'll just put it into use. Hmm. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I really dived into that word right there. That particular word, sharper, means you can cut a big gash with one stroke. It's not just like a little, like, like, like a little fingernail or something. It's not referring to your fingernail clippers. It means it can do a lot of work in a very little time. 
sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, Breed and I have been to Israel three times, and, and, and we've seen some of this armament that's been, 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 been found and stuff, and battlefields and stuff. And I'm telling you what, that when those Israeli Jewish soldiers, whatever you want to call really wouldn't be called Israeli back in Bible times, but you talk about some heavy cutting swords now. But the writer here says that the Bible's even sharper than that. Something that can cut to get rid of something, something that you can cut to put something in. My wife, she was mentioning, she, she had back surgery on the 26th of February in Statesville, North Carolina. Uh, about eight hours of surgery and two hours in recovery. And uh, I've been able to notice the incision several times, of course, before the healing process of all of this. And I'm going to tell you something. It was a real sharp instrument that was able to cut into her body and do a surgery to get everything back in the place where it's supposed to be. Now, I, I know she's been having issues with pain and things, and it, any surgery like that, there is a long recovery. But in the long run, it'll be beneficial in the journey. And I tell you, sometimes I think we read the Bible and maybe we don't quite understand what God's trying to tell us. But who knows, somewhere down the road you might wake up in the middle of the night the Holy Spirit wake you up and you begin to see your Bible and you begin to think, wow, now I know what I'm supposed to learn from this. Now I understand why the pastor said what he said because it's now uh, been applied to my life. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing is found in verse number 12. Piercing, dividing, separating, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, in the word soul that we see in verse number 12, it's referring to the spiritual man. So every spiritual need that we have can be resolved by the word of God. I'll never forget when I went to Preacher Baker with this ministry of missions evangelism that we've been in now these years, 17 years. Jerry, you can just see him sitting behind his desk, making little notes, looking up at you. He said, sounds good, Brother Maynard. Go home and pray about it 30 days and come back and bring me some Bible promises. Why did he do that? Because he knew that everything that we do should be confirmed from the word of the living God. So let's never forget here about our, our verse in verse number 12 about the word of God. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, summarize all this in just a moment. Verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. In other words, in God's eyes, everything is apparent. Everything is revealed. Nothing is hidden. Mm. Boy, Adam and Eve thought they could hide it, didn't they? But they couldn't. David and his adultery of Bathsheba thought that he could hide it. But he couldn't hide it. Personal illustration, wish I didn't have to use it. 
But it was a happy day when Nathan David Maynard, our middle son, finally come to himself with his drug addiction to recognize the fact that he not only was hurting himself, and he not only was hurting his wife and his daughters and his parents, but he was grieving God. He finally realized that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good, and there's not anything that's not hidden in his sight. Whether it's hiding something in the closet, hiding something under the bed, hiding something from other family members, no matter what it might be, there is nothing hidden in his sight. Neither is there any creature, verse 13, that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked. It just that it just simply means in that word that it's not covered up. Boy, if we get a hold of that, I believe our lives will be cleaner. Oh, nobody will find out there's a God that already has. Hmm. But all things, verse 13, I don't really think I need to define the word all, do I? But all things are naked, openly, and totally revealed, and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The eyes of him with whom we have to do. It's exposed. The eyes being open is talking about exposure. It's exposed in everyone's sight. Mm. Under the eyes of him, the vision, the sight of everyone that we're in contact with, everyone that knows anything about us, and most of all, the God of all of the universe. So you can't hide it. None of us can hide it. No church can hide it. No family can hide it. No dignitary can hide it. Well, we just, we just need to become transparent with the Lord. We just need to come before his presence and pray, search me, O Lord, and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Any that's from the smallest thing. And we've all learned along the way that it only takes just a few cancer cells to start something that could eventually destroy the whole body. Oh my goodness. Verse 14, please. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is Passed into the heavens. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For a few moments tonight, just, just the phrase of hold fast. To hold fast. To find strength from. To hold it firm. To not forget. And to not let go. Now, we got some grandparents in here tonight. I'll be one of them. 
I tell people children are sinners, grandchildren are not, but they are. Our grandson Jackson, Seth's little boy, that little guy, he is so inquisitive about everything. He wants to know how this works, he wants to know how this works, and how this works. Well, one day he tore something up and got it all into pieces. And I said, Jackson, if you'll give it to Papaw, I'll fix it. No, Papaw, it's mine and I'll fix it. Okay, hot snot, boy, I did. A little while later, he brought it to me and he said, Papaw, you fix it. Smart kid. But boy, he wasted time, didn't he? And how much time, ladies and gentlemen, do we possibly waste by trying to take care of things ourselves instead of just giving it to God and letting Him take care of it? My precious wife sitting right there, we... There was a time because of her back surgery, we really didn't know whether we'd be able to make this trip or not. And we were willing to listen to the doctors, and I was willing to listen to her. Now, don't get me wrong. She, she's not been running up mountains around here. She had not been doing the 440 or the 100-yard dash. But it's amazing to me through prayer and just believing God how God has helped you. I know you've been sore. I know there's been times that, that we, we just needed to get out and walk for a while and things of that nature. But these past days that we've been in the West, it's been amazing how God has proven himself faithful. And he will. And so just like these verses, we just need to, when things is going hard, we don't need to quit. When things are upon us, we don't need to quit. We just need to hold fast our profession. That's not only true for us individually, it's true about a family. It's true as families that when we take, take a stand against the elements of this world that we always hold fast our profession. Hmm. I hope you never have a prodigal like we did in our son Nathan as I've already mentioned. But you can't ever compromise and give in and anybody ever change. You've got to hold fast your profession. A few more minutes and I'll be done. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now there's some people that don't care. Can I use some North Carolina vernacular? They don't give a rip. I mean, you can tell them their, your problems and it'll make Twitter, it'll make Facebook, it'll make the gossip session, and people really don't care. But I'm going to tell you something tonight, and I'm so glad we have a God that cares. He cares about what you go through. Gentlemen, when... when when things, you know, maybe are not going right at the church or otherwise, there's a God that cares. When you feel like it, you can't go on, there's a God that cares. 
He knows how to bring the right people around. He, he knows, I, I don't know how it is in your Bible reading, but there'll be times I'll, I'll be reading my Bible, doing my word studies and things, and then all of a sudden, it's just all of a sudden, a neon light goes off because of a verse of scripture that I have needed for that day. That's because he, he wants to help us. He knows we have infirmities. And is the experience, is the experience can he? Yeah. Well, the verse says that he is, was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. In other words, if the Lord Jesus Christ made it through it all, despised, rejected of men, oh my Planted a crown of thorns on his head. Breeding, I've been to Israel three times, and there's only one type of thorn bush that, that grows there, and the thorns are about that long. Crucifixion was mutilation. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't need to go over all that again, but it, 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 it's just mutilation. He suffered for us. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Never compromised. Never committed a sin of omission, a sin of commission. Was faithful and true to God. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's not hard to live for God when everything's going right. But boy, how the devil loves to send temptation when everything is going wrong. So as a result of everything that we have just seen, in conclusion tonight in verse 16, he says, let us therefore, let us therefore, let's, uh, Corey, your grandpa used to say, well, anytime you see this, just stop, see what it's there for. Let us therefore, let us therefore come boldly. Let's just go right into his presence with being frank about the matter, with assurance, with boldness. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, approaching his throne because he is king of kings and lord of lords, and he's not one of these kings that's untouchable because we're invited to come to the throne of grace. Not standing before a judge that gives us what we deserve, coming before a judge that gives us a lot more than what we deserve. That's what grace is, the unmerited favor of God. There's none of us deserve to be saved, but we are saved because Christ took our place on the cross of Calvary and died for the sins of the world. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Mercy is God's compassion. It's his unmerited favor and find grace to help in the time of need. To find something is to locate it. To find it is to visualize it. And when you have found it, then you take it for use. So let's find that throne of grace and then use it for what? To pour out our hearts before God. Now, the church here has an altar. An altar is a good place to pray. 
but anywhere you're at is a good place to pray. It might be in a bathroom stall somewhere like I've had to do before. It might be in a hospital room. Well, I tell you, we got seven grandkids, six girls and one boy. And when little Mr. Jackson was born, he wasn't breathing. We're talking about it for South Memorial Hospital. The little guy wasn't breathing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, at that point, we were not talking about North Carolina basketball. We were not talking about the weather. And really, we didn't care who was in that building and who wasn't. We didn't care who was in that room. In fact, Reed, if I remember, you were back there with them. All of a sudden, we caught a prayer meeting in that waiting room. And asked God to intervene. And the Lord showed himself faithful. How old is Jackson now? Six. He's six years old now and you can't stop him. He's wide open. That's no Carolina vernacular. He is wide open. I mean, he's got more energy than Dones has got feels. But whatever grief or whatever need, whatever you might be facing in this life, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Pray for us. The continual healing of Miss Maynard's back, the, her continued uh, comfort on this trip until we get back home. Pray for our boys. Pray for our family. Pray for our ministry. Pray for our radio ministry. Just, man, just don't stop praying. God desires to hear us call upon him. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, get more than what we deserve, and find grace to help in the time of need. Please try and done. All right, well, if we could, let's just have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed just for a moment. And we'll just have what we call our, our time of invitation. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to, Remind you of something. This is something I had to take away this afternoon. You know, one of the things that, that really struck me, and I think we need to remember, is that we don't have a God that's, that's untouchable. We have a God that's very close. We have a God that's, that, that wants, to, wants to hear our prayers. He gives us a book that's alive. I can't tell you how many times I've had something that I've needed. And just by going to God's Word, He's given me something that's helped me. And he's given me some peace. Our Father, Lord, I pray now that you would bless us during this short time of invitation. Lord, if there's anyone here that's gotten something from you, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't leave here today without getting that settled. And Lord, I pray that you would work in hearts in a way that only you can. So folks, again, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, this is your time to do business with the Lord. Is there something going on in your life right now that you need peace about? You can take that to the Lord because He cares. Is there something that you need the Lord to intervene in? Are you looking for some power in your life? Well, there's power in God's Word. 
we can find more help in God's word than we can anywhere else in this life. just another brief moment to do business with the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we love you. And I thank you so much for what you've done for us. I'm thankful that the Maynards were able to come and spend some time with us uh, this afternoon. Lord, may we go our separate ways tonight, having learned something from you. I pray that this would be something that we would take and we would use it. Lord, how often we forget that, that you're a God that does care about us. Lord, so many people worship things and they reach out to things that are, that are untouchable. But Lord, you see us. You see what's going on in our hearts and our lives. And, and you care and you're present. Lord, I pray that we would continuously look in your word to hear something from it, that we would use it and, and even apply it to our lives. And God, again, I thank you just for all that you've done for us. Keep us safe now as we go our separate ways, and, and may we honor you above all. For it's in Jesus' name, amen.